Greetings, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here at WrestleAtic Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. But right now, right here and right now, you are listening to the Stephen A. Smith of WrestleAtic Radio, the unapologetically poignant, vibrant, and ferocious Young Lions Perspective, hosted by my man, Zachary Rosica. Enjoy the show. Podcast here. Welcome to episode 307 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Saturday, or if, depending on where you're at in the world, especially if you're in New Jersey right now, it's garbage outside. But I'm glad you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the World. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. I felt good. I felt fan-freaking-tastic coming off the stomach there. Of course, y'all know, y'all listening to this episode, of course, on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, anchor.fm slash perspective, anchor.fm slash Radio. Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you can listen to this lovely, beautiful podcast. Of course, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or opinions, or any news that I may have missed throughout this week, because there was a ton of news and your boy missed a lot, promise you, you can hit me up, of course, with an email over at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. You can also slide in my DM, say hello, say hi, how you doing, brother man? If you go over my Twitter at YL Perspective, over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective, find me on Facebook. Yeah, I still got a Facebook. Relax. You can search for at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. And before we get into this week's news, I want to let y'all know we got a little bit of a, a promotion going on. For my spring store over at young-lions-perspective.creator-spring.com Head your booty over there right now as you listen to this podcast Get yourself some merch Get the fly merch, get the tank top, get one for your lady, get the leggings for yourself ladies Get right in the gym looking clean Get a beach towel, get a coffee mug if you want to get your day started with a lovely cup of joe Get yourself some YLP socks when you're going out and about but when you do, make sure you use code SUMMER21 when you check out. Save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. That is code SUMMER21. Save your booty and your wallet. 10% off your entire purchase. I'm going to go there a little bit later on after I finish recording this. Get myself some merch. Get myself some merch from Miss YLP. Don't tell her, of course. 
little bit of surprise. Because I definitely need to get myself some new merch, man. It's, I've been hitting the gym as of late. Muscles been getting big. And apparently now I'll wear a double XL. It's a sad day for your boy. But I wear double XL now. It's 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 rough. But hey, you know, when you lift up, you know, when you lift up your arms, belly show a little bit, that's when you know your shirt is too small. Fellas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you know what it do, what it do. But again, make sure you add your butt over to Young Dash Lines Dash Perspective dot creator dash spring dot com get yourself some merch save some money you summer 21 code when you check out save yourself 10 percent all right now that we got that all good and well out the way and of course when you if you do make sure you tag your boy at yl perspective on twitter or at young underscore lines underscore perspective tag me in it and if you're down with uh you know showing your likeness, I would have no problem featuring you on my page and possibly get you into hashtag Fashion Friday. Alright, now that we got a little bit of the lovely stuff out of the way, hope you guys are enjoying your week so far. I hope you guys had a fantastic week. I really do. Um, I know it's Memorial Day weekend uh, here in the state of New Jersey. Uh, Governor Murphy uh, has lifted the mask mandate, so I'll be getting back into the swing of things wearing no mask. Um, it's lovely. It's nice and nice to be in people's faces again. It's always a win-win for you, yours truly. Um, yeah, I had a pretty decent week. Not gonna front. And you know, it's Memorial Day weekend, man. It's it's the unofficial start of summer here on the Jersey Shore. And I know usually everybody would be coming down, but you know we got a little bit of, of bad weather this weekend. Uh, a lot of rain that's gonna be coming down. Um, stay safe, of course. Don't drive like a like a dumbass. Um, and you know, if you're going to enjoy yourself, please do enjoy yourself responsibly because Jersey police do not play on the shore, especially during the first week of, you know, unofficial start of the summer. Just going to put that out there. Real ones know. Real ones know. But enough about me rambling about Jersey Shore stuff and more Day weekend. We got to get into the thick of things. We got a nice, well jam-packed show for you guys. We ain't here for a long time, but we're damn sure here for a good time. And let me get my professor glasses on as we begin this week's episode with our top story. John Cena. John Cena. As Mr. Santino Morella used to say back in the day, real ones know, John Cena apologizes to China for Taiwan remarks in Fast and Furious 9 video. This, this news really made the rounds this week. Not only because I'm looking at the comicbook.com, but it, it made the rounds real quick. I saw it on YouTube. I saw it on corporate media. I saw it on all that. And I tried to ignore it. I tried my best to ignore it. This is not a topic I wanted to talk about, but it is involving professional wrestling stars. And John Chen is no different. So let us get into this article, see what we're talking about here. This, of course, as I give credit to Kofi Outlaw. That's a hell of a name. Not even going to front. I like it. I love it. F9 star. John Chin has apologized to China for calling Taiwan a country in a recent Fast and Furious 9 video. Cena apparently misspoke when he referred to Taiwan as a country, causing an uproar with Chinese audiences that insist on the island of Taiwan. Governed by the Republic of China, being recognized as a part of the People's Republic of China. A contention situation ever since the Chinese Civil War and the United Nations' decision to recognize the PRC over the ROC. In his new video message to the people of China, Cena formally apologizes in Mandarin 
which he learned to speak fluently during his career as a professional wrestler. Ironically enough, Cena's apology video is now causing its own bit of controversy. Some critics see the apology, quote-unquote, as Cena selling out China's CCP, the ruling government of China whose authoritarian reputation is well known. The CCP is just as infamous for its propaganda initiatives, especially where big celebrities and studios are concerned. In fact, cases like John Cena's apology are becoming all too common in Hollywood, as the industry has been, at times even broken, to ensure that the lucrative Chinese market is wide open to reap. Movies and TV shows have had to cut lines or scenes based on CCP standards, while some movies have been banned from the country altogether. In fact, at the time of writing this, Marvel Studios is possibly looking at its two big 2021 films, Shang-Chi and Eternals, being banned from China for reasons yet unknown. Cena really did step on a cultural landmine by mentioning Taiwan as a country. Taiwan's status as the Republic of China on Taiwan has been an issue called into question since the early 20th century. And in the 21st century, there has been a growing movement of democratic sentiment, largely propelled by youth culture, aimed at the idea of Taiwan being an independent country, free of the Republic of China. In short, by referring to Taiwan as its own country, Sina was showing support and validation to, the, to that progressive movement in Taiwan and stoking the ire of its detractors in the CCP and the Chinese citizenry. Clearly, Universal Studios and the intentional, international I'm sorry, distributors of F9 feel that the Chinese backlash is a much higher cause than the value of Taiwanese support. Otherwise, this apology video wouldn't exist. Cena's apology, blaming a long press circuit, tired mind, and self-shaming lack of understanding Mandarin, may be cringeworthy, but effective for placating the CCP. If you are going to check out F9, it hits U.S. theaters on June 25th. That is a lot to unpack, ladies and gentlemen. I've Now, mind you, I've seen the video multiple times, and I'm not going to front. John Cena is not that bad in Mandarin. I don't know how to speak Mandarin besides Ni Hao. So, Ni Hao, how y'all doing? I had seen some comments, of course, from... Uh, political names, um, names I won't uh, put on this show, um, a lot of people were none too pleased with uh, what John Cena had said about Taiwan. Uh, Chinese, uh, the Chinese citizens uh, were none too pleased with that. Um, pretty much saying, you know, apologize for, you know, saying Taiwan is a country. Don't just come out here saying all that nonsense. Um, the Republican Party came out and basically were, you know, on Cena's ass because of the fact that, you know, he didn't, wasn't willing to recognize Taiwan as a country. And, uh, you know, one person called him pathetic. Um, pretty much along the lines of calling him a, a, a nice little P word, to quote Ben Shapiro. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, in China, standards are a bit different. Um, think I'm thinking of the Star Wars poster. Okay. Now think of the U.S. side of things with Star Wars when it came out with the the new Star Wars. They come out about a year or two ago. I don't know. I really don't keep up with movies. So let me know. Hit me up with an email. Let me know if that's legit or if, with a voice message over on Anchor.fm slash Wrestleletic Radio or Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Keep me in the know because sometimes I'd be out of the know. It'd be like that sometimes. I'm out of the loop. But um, they had all the main characters of the, on in the movie. And if you look at the CCP's version, the Chinese version of that said poster, 
um, multiple characters out of it. You know, um, I'm not exactly sure what they had on the actual poster itself. I it, my mind slips me on that, but pretty much, um, like I said, I haven't watched this movie. I haven't seen this new Star Wars movie. You know, like I said, I don't really watch movies like that. You know, unless ones is like really, really interesting to me. And um, they've changed up the entire poster for China. And we all know um, China is a huge market for movies. Um, there have been, you know, inklings of, you know, people not liking the fact that they're catering to China so much because they don't, well, it's a big market, but they're really more so catering to China because they know the fact that it's a very, very lucrative market. It, it is interesting to me that, you know, Cena. It, see, that, and that's the thing, too, with me. Y'all know as well as enough, I'm not really a big politics guy. You know, I'll follow it as much as I can to stay up on it if, you know, the conversation actually strikes up to shit. I have my feelings on that, but this ain't the place nor the time to do it. Um, this ain't that type of show. This is professional wrestling, as I always say, and we keep it strictly professional wrestling across the damn board. But John Cena literally pissed off an entire country by proclaiming that Taiwan is a country and not a part of China. And that is a big deal over in China. Like I said, there were comments on there, you know, if you're going to say, you know, Taiwan is a country and apologize, apologize to, for saying that Taiwan is a country and say that Taiwan is a part of China. That was one of the comments that I had read. You feel me? So, excuse me. Now, in terms of with Cena, oh man, ah, oof. I mean, he is getting, he got, he got lambasted um, across the board in the United States. Uh, Colbert mocked him. Um, Daily Beast was calling it a groveling apology. Um, you know, seeing you know CNBC was saying that uh, from uh, free speech advocate Suzanne Nossel that you know she found John Cena's apology to China troubling uh, after calling Taiwan a country. Um, John Cena d- uh, getting demolished online. Um, he was he was down bad. He was really down bad on this one, and a lot of people were and a lot of people, especially in the um, in the United States, they were oof, they were really just giving him the business, and man, if I'm John Cena right now, I'm, ooh, I'm, I'm, you know, chilling right now, I am not really, um, I'm trying to lay low right now, uh, what was it, um, you know, please say in Chinese, Taiwan is part of China, otherwise we won't accept your apology, at least say Taiwan is China's. You're avoiding the issue and talking nonsense. You can't benefit from the Chinese market and trash it at the same time. Man, you know, um, it was called pathetic. Uh, Taiwan is a country. Hong Kong should be free if you are unwilling to say these things because it might hurt your bottom line. You are a pathetic coward. Um, you know, one per, uh, one journalist saying, you know, John Cena supports suicide. Uh, genocide, I'm sorry. Um, because of uh, the weaker Muslims in China, um, one person uh, one person said the willingness of American celebrities and large companies to bend the knee to modern day genocide on Nazis in China the year after China lied about COVID and unleashing on the world is truly beyond the wrong side of history. It's pathetic. 
Uh, man, China really does have Hollywood by the balls. It's at the point now where the CCP is U.S. actors issuing POW-style confessions. Uh, someone said bought and sold. At least I now I at least now I know which part of my body is stronger than John Cena's my spine. It is not a good look. So let, let me let me give you my thoughts about this after breaking that all down. This was definitely not a good look for John Cena. I understand that, you know, China's a market where they are really trying to make a big scene with movies and everything and all that. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, when you're making movies and you're putting out content that's going to be that's mostly going to be worldwide for the most part. And F9 and Fast and Furious is a huge franchise. Mind you, nine movies in, yeah, it's a big thing. Personally, I should they think they should have stopped at like four or five, but that's just me. Especially after Paul Walker passed away, I would have stopped it right then and there. But um, it's one of those situations where a lot of people are, are going to be saying he is kowtowing China. And I have that feeling that, you know, it is it's sort of like that, you know. Taiwan is a country. <laughs> like, it is a legitimate country. I mean, I mean, regardless of what the uh, you know people of China say, you know, we do recognize we do recognize Taiwan as a nation in the world in the world scheme of things. You know, and I understand China is trying to take over Taiwan and get that region back and Hong Kong and all that. But for the time being. Um, we recognize Taiwan as its own independent nation, whether, you know, China likes it or not. As far as John Cena goes, you know, he literally, you know, went on Taiwanese television, promoted it, you know, you know, the entire country and saying that, you know, because I believe he uh, stated that Taiwan is the first country to that will be able to see Fast and Furious 9. That was the comment that pretty much threw the whole entire country of China into a flat-out tizzy. It's bad for John Cena right now. It is a really, really bad look for John Cena right now. And, you know, people are saying that, you know, he's avoiding genocide and supporting, you know, you know, bowing down to China and not having a spine and it's, it's just bad. It's, it's not a good look, you know, and bending the knee to China. Oof, man. I mean, I try to keep it as unbiased as possible. Y'all know how I get down, but in essence, John Cena made himself a bad, you know, for stating that Taiwan was the first country to, that will get the movie. Then pretty much, you know, after China went apeshit, China got in John Cena's butt, John Cena's ass, for lack of a better, lack of a better term. I'm trying to keep it, I'm trying to keep it a little PG. My apologies, but um, yeah, pretty much United States is is looking at John Cena and seeing him as a coward. That's what. The majority of the people in the United States are saying, like, John Cena is a spineless coward. 
Now, John Cena did make a mistake. A huge mistake. And the apology that he made will have some looking at him like, yeah. It's it's not a good look. You know. Now, it got 70 million last weekend. Um, first initial weekend. Um, I believe it was the weekend or the weekend after that he got it. But it's just one of those things where I'm not exactly sure how John Cena can get out of this. Now, it's going to make its money. It's going to make its billions. It's going to make its billions possibly around the world because it's a Fast and Furious franchise. It's definitely a huge franchise going right now. But when you look at it, you know, here in the States, John Cena is going to be looked at as a coward. And that sucks to say. You know, especially with, you know, the possibility, you know, the, uh, the rumors of a possible Roman Reigns, John Cena main event at SummerSlam and Cena possibly coming back on the July 16th edition of SmackDown and all this stuff. I don't know what the reaction is going to be if he does show up on WWE television. You know, will the fans accept him back, especially with everything that's going on? Most of the people, most fans, I'm, a, I'm just going to want the assumption that maybe they don't follow the news as much. I mean, I try to to stay as informed as possible, but I lean neither left nor right. That's just, you know, I stay right in the middle and I just pretty much hate both. So that's just, that's just how my deal is. Um, but for Cena, this is going to look really, really bad for him for a long, long time. China is now not feeling him. You know, because of the fact that he didn't recognize Taiwan as part of China. I don't think they'll accept his apology. I'll be hard-pressed to believe that they're not going to say... To believe that they're they're even going to think about accepting his apology. You know, the fact that John Cena ran immediately to Weibo, which I think is their social social media over there, which is kind of like Twitter, um, and immediately apologized to the country. Uh, is going to be a bad look for him in the States because of the fact that he pretty much bowed down to China. And I don't know what's going to happen next for Cena. Um, I don't know what's next for him. I really don't. Uh, If you have any comments, of course, let me know. Hit me up with some comments. Let me know what you're thinking about this. Um, I might make it a social Saturday uh, thing. You know, I might post that on my social media and see what you guys are thinking about this, along with a couple of other things I got in, in my in my head, honestly. But at the end of the day, people are going to believe that John Cena kowtowed to China. That he pretty much, oh, well, on, in the st- here stateside, they're gonna, they're going to look at him as a coward, depending in some depending on what circle you're in, Republican, Democrat, all that. Republicans are going to say he kowtowed. You know, they're saying, you know, China really has Hollywood by the balls. You know, he bent the knee to China immediately after saying what he said. And China's on on him because of the fact that he didn't recognize Taiwan as part of China. John Cena's in a bad spot. I don't know how he gets out of this. I don't know if people will accept the, the people of China will accept his apology. I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're going to do. Hopefully whatever happens, John Cena can, you know, somehow get out of this. 
um, somehow, you know, make this, it, turn this into a positive. But where I, where I stand right now is that John Cena is in some trouble. And with, on both sides, you know, with the States and with China. And this is not, this is not the look that John Cena wanted. I promise you that. I know he had solid intentions on saying what he said on Taiwanese TV, but on both sides to China, he is not apologizing in the right way or the way they want to. And on the States, he's a smiling coward that bent the knee and kowtowed to China. The way I see it, either way, John Cena is getting looked at in a very, very bad light. And it sucks. It does suck. Especially if he's going to be doing WWE programming in the future. If the possibility is there that he's going to be anything, any involving anything in SummerSlam or anything of the matter, I don't know. But I don't know what the reaction is going to be to Cena if he does show up on WWE programming. I am going to be under, under the assumption that most fans may not stay informed in the news. But if they heard about this and, you know, they may have an opinion of him. They may boo him. I don't know what the reaction is going to be when that time does show up. What I do know is that Cena is in a very, very bad spot. And I don't know exactly what's going to happen for the future for Cena. But hopefully, hopefully, he figures it out. And, you know, I don't know how and I don't know when, but hopefully Cena get, you know, can can some can get something going with this. Cause right now, it ain't looking good for him. But that's gonna conclude this week's top story. If you have any comments, concerns, opinions, please do let me know. Leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Facebook. Send me an email. Leave me a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective or anchor.fm WrestleAddict Radio. Let me know your thoughts about this. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to, let, I want to know what you're thinking. Uh, how do you feel about John Cena um, with these comments? How do you feel about John Cena's apology to China? How do you honestly feel about this? I want to get this conversation going. Um, let me know what you're thinking. All that good stuff. And when we come back, I got a little bit more news before we get into our double or nothing preview and predictions. Of course, SummerSlam date has finally been announced. No location that we know of as of yet. And 21 more dates for the summer return to touring. That's going to be nice. More WWE firings went down this week on the corporate side of things. We'll talk about who got fired and what is the expectation now of the corporate side of WWE for the future. And Tony Khan discusses AEW's huge expansion Starting this year on the other side of episode 307 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Greetings, Earthlings. This is the Resident Rainbow, the K. Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast. For just $5 a month, we invite you to join our Patreon, where we give you lovely listeners a community to talk wrestling in a place where you are appreciated for being exactly who you are. You can join our group chat where we share everything from news to memes to a sweet 15% discount on our Teespring shop. You gain access to exclusive content made with love just for you. Speaking of love, your general manager, King Ricky Rosé, and I can tell you a thing or two about love on our exclusive video series, Love and War, returning to your headphones very soon. 
Come join the party, make friends, and come visit my island on Animal Crossing, only on the Russell Addict Radio Patreon. You'll be glad you did. Alright guys, we are back with episode 307 of the YLP Podcast. Before we get into the remainder of the news for this week, I wanted to make sure that y'all check out my big homie, the one and only, the Everyday Delight Man's Chapel Show, The Delight Show, going down tomorrow on Wrestle Addict Radio, Anchor on Defense's Wrestle Addict Radio, Amazon Music. Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else. You listen to podcasts. He's got a good show, people. He's a, he's a really good dude, and I, I love this dude, man. I love his perspective on things. I love what he does. I love what he brings to the table, for sure, and he is a hell of a show. Um, make sure you check out his show. I'm going down tomorrow on Wrestle Addict Radio and everywhere else. You listen to podcasts, all right? And let him know Mr. YLP himself sent you, all right? Now let's get back into the news, okay? Let's begin with WrestlingInc.com. WWE announces SummerSlam Date 21. More dates for summer return to touring, of course, by my favorite professional wrestling writer in the game today, none other than Mr. Mark Middleton. WWE has officially announced SummerSlam. For Saturday, August 21st. This will be the first time that the biggest show of the summer airs on a Saturday. SummerSlam 1992 was held on Saturday, August 29th in England, but did not air until Monday, August 31st. WWE has not named a location for SummerSlam, but noted that it will be announced on NBC next Saturday, June 5th. During the 2021 Belmont Stakes pre-race show. Of course, if you want to check out the clip on the hyperlink, the recent report for on SummerSlam venue and locations that are considered. And right now the front runner is Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. SummerSlam tickets will go on sale Friday, June 18th. WWE has also announced the next 21 dates on the summer return to touring. The tour was originally announced as a 25-city schedule, but now they have 25, 27, I'm sorry, dates confirmed. The new announcement includes weekend events billed as super shows. Tickets for the remaining live events will go on sale Friday, June 11th. I'm going to say that one more time. Tickets for the remaining live shows are going to go on sale Friday, June 11th. That is two weeks from yesterday. So if you're going to be doing... Any business during involving WWE shows, you're planning on going on one. Once I announce the dates, get your butt over to a, your Ticketmaster, wherever they are gonna have their uh, stuff. And uh, yeah, get your tickets ASAP. Now the current lineup runs through Labor Day on Monday, September 6th, which is the original date announced for the end of the tour. Now here below is the full schedule that has been announced for the 21 dates that were announced. Which was yesterday. So here we go. Now we already know about 
July 16th in Houston. Uh, the Smack, the Go Home Show for SmackDown and the Go Home Show before Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank itself will take place on July 18th in Fort Worth, Texas. The Raw after Money in the Bank, July 19th, will take place in Dallas, Texas. Now, there was also three others that were going to be announced that I was going to talk about this week, but all the others remaining shows got announced, so I figured, hey, let's get it all in one shot. So the next three that were announced, July 23rd, SmackDown will take place in the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. And I will not even try to say the the chant because I am a Penn State fan and we don't do that here. July 24th, there's a super show from the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The 25th, we'll see a super show from the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. July 26th, Raw takes place in the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City, Missouri. This is one of the shows that were previously announced. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Let's take a little sip of my drink here. Mm. We shall continue on. July 30th, another show that was previously announced. SmackDown takes place in the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. July 31st, from a super show from the Feaster Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. August 1st, super show from the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. August 2nd, Raw will be in Chicago, Illinois in the All-State Arena. I know my boy Nick is probably hearing this and he's probably thinking, man, I need to get me some tickets from that show. We head down to Florida, August 6th, from the Amali Arena in Tampa, Florida. August 7th, the Hertz Arena in Fort Myers, Florida. We're going to Gator Country on August 8th from the Stephen O'Connell Center in Gainesville, Florida. Raw on August 9th in the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. We then head over to Oklahoma on August 13th from the BOK Center in Tulsa. We then head to the Carolinas for a weekend. Spectrum Center, you're getting the show. August 14th in the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. August 15th, we got a super show in the Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, South Carolina. I actually used to live a couple hours away from uh, Columbia and other side of state in Myrtle Beach. August 16th, Raw emanates from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. Phoenix Suns Arena. Phoenix, you're getting the show. August 20th, SmackDown in Phoenix. August 21st, we'll have SummerSlam. The announcement has not been made as of yet. But once we, we will know on June 5th where the show will take place. August 22nd, that Sunday, we'll be in the Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. Uh, what I like to call my third home, away from home. Um, so, that's going to be interesting. August 23rd, from the Pachanga Arena in San Diego, California. Smackdown, August 27th, from the Simmons Bank Arena in North Little Rock, Arkansas. We head back to Oklahoma, August 30th. Raw, Chesapeake Energy Arena. You're getting the show. Smackdown on September 3rd from the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. And the tour ends with Raw heading back to Florida in the American Airlines Arena in Miami. So that is the touring schedule for 2021 that we know of so far. So, there's a lot of, I mean, I like the fact that, you know, we got the entire summer schedule announced. So, it's pretty much going to run through uh, the middle of the summer through 
Labor Day, of course, as they said, and it's going to end start in Florida, in Texas, and end in Florida with a lot of cities in between Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Kansas City, Minneapolis. You know, they're hitting some major markets. And I'm really appreciative of the fact that, you know, we're getting back to reopening the country and really starting to get shows back into the thing. Super shows across the board during the weekends like they normally would do. I appreciate that 100% though. Um, I love it. I love the fact that we're getting back into the swing of things. It was it was inevitable. I said this a couple weeks ago on the YLP podcast. That it was inevitable that we were going to get back to touring because we honestly needed to. Fans were going to show up, you know, in droves because it has been an entire year plus that uh, fans were in arenas for shows. Um, Carolina, we're hitting the Carolinas, we're hitting the Midwest, we're hitting the Southwest. Uh, not so much in the Northeast as of yet. I know myself being a man from Jersey, Will being from Jersey, Kay and uh, Ricky, of course, being from New York. Um, Frets in Canada, unfortunately, not getting any shows either. So we're kind of being disrespected. But I understand why they're not essentially doing that as of yet. Um, of course, Governor Murphy just opening up the state with the mass mandates and all that good stuff uh, as of yesterday. So it's going to take a little bit of time before we get something. And we may get something in the fall. We may get something in the winter. Who knows? I'm not sure what will take place um, in anything like that. But hopefully we do get a show in Newark. Uh, I'd like to see one at the Prudential Center. Uh, Atlantic City, hopefully for uh, a nice little house show, uh, New York, and you know possibly a Madison uh, Square Garden show, uh, as they would normally do throughout the year. A couple of shows throughout this uh, season. Um, Buffalo, I would love to see Albany, Boston getting a show. Um, you know Hartford, Philly, Baltimore, Mayor, Baltimore, DC. Uh, Pittsburgh's actually getting a show, which is which is really good. So they're heading into. Kind of heading into the Northeast, but still a bit of Midwestern. Um, either way, though, I'm appreciative of the fact that they're really getting back into the swing of things with the tour. I'm liking the fact that they're going to be having super shows during the weekends and really getting everything sorted. So it's, it's mostly going to be a Friday through Monday uh, touring schedule. Uh, they're not really going out all out through the week. They're going to do Fridays through Fridays through Mondays and then um, Tuesday through Thursday, days off. Or, you know, if they're doing promotion or anything like that back at it on Friday, running, running shows through the weekend, and then um, going back at it. What I do appreciate, though, and what I'm really liking is the when they have the blocks, um, some of these are actually pretty solid. Uh, like the August 6th through 9th block, um, Tampa, Fort Myers, Gainesville, Orlando. That's a solid block. They stay in the Florida area, and, post, and most of the fact that uh, Orlando's their home for the time being. Uh, some of the blocks are pretty, some of these blocks are pretty solid. You know, Kansas City, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Detroit, they're keeping it as regional as possible uh, for these shows. You know, the first three, of course, they're doing Texas and then, um, you know, you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Kansas City. They're really trying to keep everything as regional as possible for these four day blocks. Um, So I can really appreciate, you know, them Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Detroit, Chicago. That's pretty close distance um, from each other. So I, I, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm thinking like, yeah, they're really doing solid blocks. Now, the one kind of throws me off a little bit, the 13th through the 16th, going to Oklahoma, then heading to the Carolinas, then going to San Antonio. Um, the one, though, the one block I'm going to keep an eye on is the August 20th through 23rd, okay? Because that's going to be the Southwestern port. They're really going to head into the Southwest, which will be Phoenix, Denver, and San Diego block. Now... 
SummerSlam, we haven't announced yet, but as I stated a couple weeks ago, my money is on Las Vegas to get that SummerSlam as a trial run from WrestleMania 40. I, I think it's just, it's right there. I said it a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again. This will be the biggest opportunity for Vegas to get something going. I think the economy is ready for this. I think that it's perfect. Allegiant Stadium is right off the strip. It's just a really big deal, and I'm really going to be impressed. I'm really going to be happy with the fact that if they do give SummerSlam to Vegas, that, you know, and especially on a, on a Saturday night in Vegas, come on, bruv. It's, excuse me, it's right there. It's right there. Vegas is literally a 10-hour drive from, you know, Las Vegas to Denver. I Googled it. It's right there. You know, Phoenix to Las Vegas to Denver to San Diego, that's a nice little block there. Keeping it regional as possible, but really having enough time and able to... That's what I'm saying. I I like these blocks. I like the fact that they're keeping it as regional as possible. Because after the uh, SummerSlam portion of it, uh, they're ending the tour, of course, with North Little Rock, Oklahoma City, um, with a Friday-Monday. No super shows on the weekend. Then doing Friday, and then doing Monday. So Jacksonville and Miami get the last two shows. They're doing it right. They're, They're really trying to keep it as regional as possible. During these four-day blocks, I think it's right. I think it's smart. I think it's really, really good heads on their part. But what matters most now is some, where is SummerSlam taking place? And my money is actually on Vegas. And I've already explained myself uh, this. I'm putting my money on Vegas. And I think they're going to get it. I really do think they're going to get it once they, once they announce it on June 5th. It makes the most sense. Give it to us. Give us that trial run for 40. And thank me in advance. You're welcome in advance. We shall continue on, though. I took a little bit of time. My apologies for that. From comicbook.com, more WWE firings underway today. Now, mind you, this was from Monday, so apologies for that, but we shall get this popping. This is from Connor Casey. If my laptop wanted to actually get right. Get right. Get right, laptop. WWE has released nearly 20 wrestlers, performance center trainees, and referees in the past two months, reportedly due to quote-unquote budget cuts. According to PW Insider, those cuts made their way to WWE's corporate office on Tuesday. Mike Johnson reported, quote, We are told that the digital department has been extremely hard hit with JLR Donlin, WWE's Executive Vice President, Advanced Media Group, among those departing today. Donlin had been with the company for over eight years, end quote. He added, he then added that there's a belief certain divisions of the company will be combined in the near future. Fightful Sean Ross Sapp then confirmed that with a quote on Twitter saying, quote, there are a lot of people on the digital end who have been let go from WWE. The WWE Advanced Media Group Department is merging with TV and many people were laid off. Some who work on WWE.com and YouTube were among them, as well as editorial and production, end quote. Now, of course, you know, back on April 15th, they did a nice little uh, spring cleaning, unfortunately, for a lot of the talent. And, of course, Samoa Joe, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker Kalisto, Wesley Blake, Bo Dallas, Mojo Raleigh, Alexander Wolf, Velveteen Dream, Ezra Judge, Skylar Story, Vanessa Bourne, Jessamine Duke, Kavita DeVi, Drake Wirtz, and Jake Clemens were all released. WWE shortly... Confirmed after the report broke that Monday Night Raw's play-by-play commentary 
Adnan Virk had left the company as well. Virk had signed a multi-year deal with the company, but only worked seven episodes for the Red Brand, uh, to which Adnan Virk had uh, tweeted, quote, thanks to WWE for a wonderful opportunity. The weekly travel along with my other jobs is a grind for me and my family. And grateful to everyone for, with the company, especially uh, Graves and Byron Saxton, for being such fantastic teammates, end quote. Many of the wrestlers who were released have since released statements that included Jessamyn Duke, who confirmed that despite no longer being a WWE wrestler, she would continue to work for Xavier Woods' Up, Up, Down, Down YouTube page. Quote, my stream, my channel, all of that is the same. More importantly than that, I want all of you to know, Up, Up, Down, Down is still my home. BRE Star is not going anywhere. Everyone can relax, sit back, and enjoy knowing that tomorrow, or Friday in this case, a brand new episode of Bree Start will be premiering. We still have Bree Fridays and have VRE content coming out of our ears. That's not going anywhere. Basically, what I've been doing the last six months or so is exactly what I'm going to keep doing. I know I have an immense amount of support, and it is overwhelming. I appreciate you guys. Up, up, down, down is my home. They have my back. We are in this together, and we are family. And quote. So a lot of the corporate side of things, mostly the uh, WWE digital team went down this week, and now they are merging with other divisions. I wanted because I wanted to find, uh, you know why they were doing this. And let me see here if I can find anything on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's not good. That is not good. So let me see if I can find anything in terms of... uh, uh, let me see. Besides JLR Donlin, of course, we, we talked about that. X out of that. Damn pop-ups. Um, Brian Pelagato was with the company for five nine years, held the title of Senior Vice President of Production. He is gone. And that was pretty much all they gave me with that one. That's adorable. Newsbreak.com. Not really a good look on your joint. Um, and I believe there were, like, multiple. There was, like, multiple firings across the board, and it was insane. It was crazy. Um, Tom Phillips was a big name that got uh, released. And that was surprising for me. I was thinking, yo, yo, what? Why? (laughs) I like Tom Phillips. A lot of people thought that um, when Adnan Ver got released, um, Tom Phillips was going to take over for his spot. But Jimmy Smith of Bellator um, commentary is going to be taking over for Adnan Verk, I believe actually this week, so this coming week for uh, Monday Night Raw. So um, I've seen Jimmy Smith in action with Bellator. He sounds pretty good on the microphone. Uh, very good commentary. So I think he'll bring a little bit of something to the table. Um, let me see here. Hey, yo. Kevin Dunn? The, that that Kevin Dunn. Oh, no, Kevin Dunn was in charge of the latest of some releases. God damn it. <laughs> I was hoping it would be him, because I don't like him. Not a fan. He was in charge of the release. That little ugly 
<laughs> okay, let me see if there were any other... Okay, so now the reason why we had these releases, um, this is from, uh, I'm looking at sportskeeda.com right now, this is an excerpt from the report now, quote, one of the reasons for so many departures is that over the last year, the company has determined that there were too many redundancies across multiple departments in those areas. One example cited to BWInsider.com is that there were two graphics departments, one for WWE TV production and one for digital, and that they can easily be merged into one division meaning the company could get that work done with a smaller group of staffers, end quote. The further report further stating, WWE has realized from their experience working during the pandemic that it can get things done even with smaller teams. The feeling within the company is that they can discharge their duties even when they are cut to the bone. Ah. So basically... WWE's mind is thinking, well, we can trim the fat and work with less. Um, I don't know how this will work on the corporate side of things because of the fact that they're now merging divisions and, you know, you're cutting your pretty much your entire digital digital team. Um, that's a hard, that's a oof. That is rough. But um, yeah, that's going to that is crazy. That is crazy. Um I was I was think I was actually not going to be talking about the corporate firings, but um, shout out to uh, King Ricky Rose for filling me in on uh, all the corporate firings that went down. So shout out to him one time. Make sure you show him some love on the Kings and Rings podcast every Wednesday night over on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter Live uh, on the Periscopes, and uh, make, and if you want to hear the audio, that will be on Thursdays if I'm not mistaken, because um, we do it big with four, we do big with four day blocks too. So uh, Thursday through Sunday, um, y'all. We do it big over here, too, and we do it just as well, if not better. But we'll see how this works out. I mean, I'm surprised that they're really going to do this, and we'll see how it all works. I mean, I'm looking at a comment from Sportskeeda um, from Silicon Ram 1 saying, quote, great firing strategy, throwing them out of the limousine window into the garbage trash can. It will shrink again and again until to look like the sheet tail, and even more, they will dock it to minimize its length, too. It is better to run a coffee shop than working on the booby traps. Very disappointing to me. It is interesting to see that it was, you know, they were firing top names. Um, I hope, you know, on the corporate side of things, I hope they find jobs. I hope they find do find work um, somewhere where they can be, do their thing over there because it is no joke. Um, we are still, you know, feeling the effects of the pandemic. Um, with the corporate side of things and, you know, with people, uh, you know, out of work or not wanting to work and businesses actually, you know, offering iPhones and, you know, signing bonuses. They're doing signing bonuses for McDonald's. They were giving people $50 just for showing up to the interview, offering free meals if they work. All that, man, that, that's, how, that's crazy to me. You know, should be free meals anyway. As a person who used to work at Burger King, I got 10% off. My ish discount still had to pay for my shit. That was weird. Should got me a free meal. What's up? Now they offering free meals at Burger King, probably. And um, yeah, not saying I'm gonna work at Burger King or nothing, but you know, it'd be like that. But we'll. I mean, I don't know how this will work out. Maybe this will work in the favor of WWE. I say nah 
because of the people that are still at the top running the show. And it remains to be seen. So, I'm going to cut it off right here. I do still have the article from uh, Wrestling Inc. talking about Tony Khan, but I think it'll make sense to do it all in one shot with AEW, an entire AEW segment, because up next, we are going to be talking about, of course, AEW Double or Nothing. Preview and predictions. And then, and of course, before that, we're going to talk about um, the huge expansion that AEW, that Tony Khan is saying that AEW will have this year. I think it'll, we'll just all roll that into one, make it one big AEW segment. On the other side of episode 307 of the YLP podcast, we'll be right back. My name's the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMania Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. For four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye! Episode 307 of the YLB Podcast with the news of the week. Okay. And before we get into the Double or Nothing preview and predictions, one final bit of news to round out this week's bit of news here. We're going to start it off from WrestlingInc.com. Tony Khan says AEW will have huge expansion starting this year. This, of course, from Jason Unpresuth. AEW President and CEO Tony Khan was on the latest episode of the AEW Unrestricted Podcast. Make sure you go check that out, of course. Shameless plug. He, Aubrey Edwards, and Tony Schiavone previewed this Sunday's Double or Nothing. Before then, Khan discussed the recent announcements with AEW's expanded TV deal, saying, quote, there's going to be a huge expansion of AEW. I think that's where Double or Nothing comes in. This is our huge signature pay-per-view. We really take our quarterly events seriously, and I want Double or Nothing to be one of the great pay-per-views we've done. And I think the return of crowds is going to help boost this great card. But I also think we have to start expanding the roster in AEW. And there's going to be great moments, great surprises on the show. And I believe that we're also just bell-to-bell going to deliver deliver an awesome wrestling pay-per-view for the fans at home and for all 5,000-plus at Daily's Place. I'm really, really jacked up, excited about this pay-per-view, and excited about what we're going to do with AEW this year, because the company is going to change. I'm very happy with what we've done in these first two years, and now it is time, now is the time, to build off it and grow, end quote. AEW announced earlier this month that they will be premiering a new one-hour weekly show, Rampage, on TNT starting in August. 
Khan noted the timing is right to expand with the new show. Quote, with Rampage coming in, it's a great time to expand. We're going to do all kinds of great expansion, whether it's the new show, new programming. We're going to launch quarterly specials with TNT. These super cards I'm very excited about. That is something that we all want. End quote. Wrestling King, of course, is going to have live coverage of this uh, tomorrow. And the current card, if you want to check out the link there, get your predictions and all that stuff, doing all that. And, of course, I always have to say this in any article like this. If I use any quotes from the article, show credit, please credit AEW Unrestricted with H-TJWrestlingInc.com for the transcription. Otherwise, I will get saved into oblivion. So, with the future expansion, of course, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, get all of this. I talked about this a little bit last week on the podcast, and I believe a couple weeks ago as well, with uh, the announcement of the EW now going over to TBS in 2022, Rampage going to be on TNT on Friday nights after SmackDown ends, um, if you're into that sort of thing. As well as uh, now quarterly shows on actual television, uh, which I'm assuming, you know, Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, and um, two other shows that I'm not really sure what they're going to do with. Uh, hopefully, I would hope for a Starcade. That would be awesome if they were able to actually pull that off. Uh, one other show that I'm not sure they will do, I mean, they're surrounded the quarterly pay per views, of course, Revolution, Double or Nothing, All Out, and full gear with their quarterly big show pay-per-views and to now have quarterly shows within the programming that they're going to have on television it will be interesting to see what they do and how they utilize uh, TBS going forward in 2022 and TNT for the remainder of the year now it's a I mean they have a huge roster Um, they have Dark Elevation they have Dark they have Dynamite they're going to have Rampage so that's pretty much going to be what? You got three hours of dynamite. You're looking at six hours at minimum during the week for AEW stands. Not bad, you know. But it'll be interesting to see what they do and how to utilize everybody on the roster going forward. Um, I know with Dark, they usually have uh, the top stars getting matches in against uh, enhancement talent. Um, to pretty much continue storylines and all that good stuff in between and all that. So I'm going to be curious to see exactly how they're going to pull this off. But knowing that they're going to do quarterly specials on TNT for the time being, that's a huge plus for them. That's a really, really huge plus for them. And um, I'm going to be really excited to see how they actually pull all of this off. And I think they'll pull it off a lot better than the uh, WWE and JPW talks. That have reportedly been uh, starting to go around, and um, I just put out a tweet on uh, Twitter uh, yesterday, giving my quick thoughts on that. Uh, so if you want to check that out, Twitter.com/slash YL Perspective. And um, yeah, so I'm not even going to talk any more about that. But what we will talk about. We're going to get into double or nothing preview. And predictions because, you know, I love, I think my favorite pay-per-view for AEW is um, 
double or nothing. I really do. Because it is one of those things where a lot of big moments have already happened at double or nothing. Moxley's debut, double or nothing. Sheeta becoming the new women's champion in AEW and has held the title now for over a year. Double or nothing. Um, just to name a couple of those. And I have just been thoroughly impressed with everything Double or Nothing has provided us over the past couple of years. Now we're heading to Double or Nothing 3. And this show is stacked. Let's keep it a buck. This show is absolutely packed to the gills with matches. And a lot of matches that are really, really going to be interesting to see how everything goes. I'm going to be really excited to see what this card looks like. Um, if you're going to be watching it, of course, you can get it off of you know AEW site. Uh, you can get it on um, Bleacher uh, BR Report. You can get it on Fight TV, of course. Anywhere you can get this pay-per-view, I encourage all of you to get to buy this pay-per-view and watch it. Because, like I said, this is their landmark. This is their diamond. I mean, All Out is their, is their big show of the year. But Double or Nothing is the reason AEW was put on the map. Even before Dynamite became a thing, Double or Nothing was the show to put this thing on the map. You know, we got the first uh, AEW World Championship match. No, no, that was all out. We got the No More Contenders uh, series. Uh, we got Omega Jericho. That included Moxley's debut on there. That was a huge moment. Um, everything about this show really is... Double or Nothing is the reason AEW is AEW. Without Double or Nothing, I don't think they would have gotten where they are today with without the show. They would not be where they are without Double or Nothing. I mean, everybody would say All In was the show that really put them on the map, but Double or Nothing was the actual show to be able to put fully AEW on the map 100%. Without question. You know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, no, that was all in. Was it all in? That was uh, Lucha Bros and Young Bucks. I think that was all in. But there's been a lot of solid matches. There's been a lot of big moments for Double or Nothing. So that's why Double or Nothing is near and dear to my heart. Is that we've had, this was the birth, this was really the first big show that AEW ever put on. And it came out to instant success. Instant success, people. Instant. And then we had Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen. Then we had All Out, which led into Dynamite in October of 2019. And that, they say, kids, is usually the rest is history. 2019 was a banner year for AEW because it was their first year in AEW. But Double or Nothing was the fire starter for everything, 100%, and no one can tell me otherwise. So... I'm, and this card is really one of those cards where I'm going to be excited for it the most. This could be a candidate for show of the year with what they have presented in front of us. Nine matches to be on the card, one match on the pre-show for the buy-in. And it's going to be exciting to see how this card plays out. And let's just get into the predictions. Now, as we always do, the goal is always 
Undefeated or bust. With this card, undefeated or bust is thrown right out the window immediately. 100%. All right, let's just get that one thing straight. There is no way I'm going to go 9-0 on this card. There's no way I'm going 10-0 on this card. There's no freaking way. I've had my shine with TakeOver, you know, stand, you know, stand and deliver. I had my moment with that. I had my moment with, you know, Backlash. I had my moment with that going 6-0. Um, this ain't the show your boy's going to go 10 and up. There's not going to be, there's not going to be any way. There's no freaking way. But we will try our best to make this happen. So let us begin with the buy-in, which is going to be the NWA Women's World Championship. Serena Deeb taking on the returning Riho. Lil Miss Riho. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Serena Deeb to retain. Um, I think they're going to be really doing something. I think Thunder Rosa is going to be next in line. I think Thunder Rosa is the one that's gunning for Serena Deeb Championship. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything goes. Um, this match, like I said, this is the, just the match to get you interested in buying the card. We will see how everything goes. For my money, Serena Deeb retains, and hopefully we get Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb somewhere down the line for the NWA World Women's Championship. We then get into the main card. Now, mind you, as I always do, I start from bottom up. No matter what they have on the card, I go bottom up as such. So, bottom starting, the Young Bucks defending the AEW World Tag Team Championship against John Moxley and Eddie Effin Kingston. This match, this match is going to be crazy. This match has... Kickoff show, kickoff, kicking up show written all over it, people. I could not think of a better match to kick off than this. Starting up hot, first match you see with the crowd in attendance. I think Bucks and Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston is the match you want to see. Let them go 20, 25 minutes and let them just produce a banger of a show to kick off everything. Give it to me. Now, we know, now from what I know, because y'all know, I have not been really into AEW and NXT watching as of late, but I've been keeping up with it as such. And from what I'm seeing, I can see some nonsense happening in this matchup. Now, not nonsense in the the part of, are you going to see some crazy, craziness? But I'm thinking, and I'm thinking... Who benefits from this? Who benefits from the most? And I think we will see the Young Bucks retain the AEW World Tag Team Championship. I think that right now, um, Moxley and Kingston are a very formidable threat to the Tag Team Championships. Um, But I think there's going to be some shenanigans in this matchup. I think there's going to be some craziness going down. I just see the Young Bucks retain. It just makes all the sense in the world. To me, at least, um, if I do see new tag team champions, I would not be surprised. But I think for what they're trying to do, Young Bucks retain. You know, and I, and that's, this is going to be it. This is your kickoff. This kicks off your show. You want the crowd in Jacksonville to go bananas? Give me that. Give me this match. I like it. I want to see it. Kick off the show with this, and we will not be disappointed by any means whatsoever. Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Now, 
the reason I'm going to go with Sting and Darby Allen on this one is very, very simple. Um, WrestleMania 31, ring a bell, anyone? No? You sure? I Let me jog your memory a little bit. Triple H versus Sting. Sting's WrestleMania debut in the WWE. And he takes the L over Triple H. WrestleMania debut, and you lose to Triple H. NWO came out, DX came out, Triple H won. Left a bad taste in my mouth, big time. And I don't think AEW is planning on making that mistake. I think Scorpion Sky and Ethan Page have bright futures in AEW as a tag team, but on tomorrow night, Sting and Darby Allen have to get this victory. I think with Darby Allen losing the TNT Championship to Miro and Sting making his uh, pay-per-view return, I think it would just make sense for Sting and Darby Allen to get this victory. No muss, no fuss. Make it a good one. Go about 10-15. Let's see what they can do with that. I say, as much as I would want to see Sky and Page get it, Sting and Darby Allen need this just a tad bit more. The Stadium Stampede Match. With the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. Inner Circle loses. They must disband as a team forever. Forever. If y'all know the reference, y'all some real ones. Forever. Now, we know with Blood and Guts, the Pinnacle were able to get the victory due to surrender by Sammy Guevara, and then we got that uh, interesting bump taken by Chris Jericho off the top of the Blood and Guts cage. Match was crazy. I have to go with the inner circle. I don't think their AEW would want to see Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz break up. I think it makes all the sense in the world. This will lead into a 1-1 matchup. And maybe we get the final trilogy completion at All Out in September. This will make all the sense in the world. I don't think it makes sense for the Inner Circle to disband. I don't think it makes sense to have the Pinnacle defeat Inner Circle two in a row. So soon. I think it's the Inner Circle's night. Uh, They lost it. I believe they did lose last year, um, if I'm not mistaken, in the Stadium Stampede match. Uh, to the elite. No, wait, no. Did they win that? Hold on. Let me see here. I want to make sure I cover my bases because some things I do not remember. Oh, they're actually doing. They were actually doing betting for this. That's crazy. That's crazy. If you're betting on this from DraftKings and all that stuff, um, man, you all some real ones. Do 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 do. Mike Tyson. Da 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 da. Yeah, the Elite did beat the Inner Circle uh, in Stadium Stampede. 34 minutes on the on the dot, actually. Um, but I think this is going to be the year for the Inner Circle to get their win back. It makes all the sense in the world for the Elite, the elite Inner Circle to win it. Uh, make the Series 1-1 team stays together, and then maybe they'll do something big. Um, calm all out in a uh, culmination match. Um, maybe a, a five-on-five elimination with something on the line. Who knows? 
But the inner circle has to win this one big time. Just putting that out there. It's, I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Um, but I expect the inner circle to walk out with the victory and get their win back from last year and get their win back from blood and guts. We then go to the TNT Championship. Miro, hopefully, defending the TNT Championship, uh, versus Lance Archer. Dare we say two men that are willing to beat the living hell out of each other much? Yes, I do. I can't wait to see it. Um, In the end, though, I'm going to go with Miro to retain this championship. It's a little bit too soon for my man Miro to lose the championship, but I expect this to be an absolute barn burner. Two big dudes ready to beat the living hell out of each other for God knows how long, and they are going to have fun with this. Um, I'm quite excited to see how this goes down. This is one of the match. This is literally my dark horse match of the night. I am proclaiming this my dark horse match of the night because this these two are going to beat the living hell out of each other when this goes down the DMs. Miro retains though, but man, Lance Archer is going to give Miro everything he could ask for. He's gonna get, he's gonna give him a fight, and this match is gonna be so much fun to watch. It's one of my highly highly anticipated matches of the night, along with the Young Bucks and John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. This match is crazy. I can't wait to see what happens. And, um, yeah, Miro retains. I'm going to go with that. We then go to Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Uh, surprisingly, the FTW World Championship not on the line. I guess they're not still recognizing it as an actual title in AEW. But with the storyline that's been going on with Team Taz and the Dark Order as of late, I think Angman Adam Page wins this one. I think this is going to be another barn burner of a matchup. I like this match. I think this match has a lot of legs. And um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they had a match before. Cage got the victory with this one. I think Page gets his win back on uh, the quarterly pay-per-view. And Page begins his climb back to the AEW World Championship. I think it just makes sense for him to do so. Um, Cage should take a loss here. It's not that bad if he does. But I know the Dark Order will be in full presence. I know Team Taz will be in full presence. I sense shenanigans going down. And uh, I can't wait to see how this match goes. But I'm going to give Paige the victory over Brian Cage. We then go to the Casino Battle Royale. And, you know, I see names. Matt Side Up, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta L0M, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Private Party, uh, Dark Order is going to be in this matchup. Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, The Acclaim is going to be in it. The Factory is going to be in it. Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson. But there's one man on this list that just makes sense out of all of it. And that man is Christian Cage. I am going with Christian Cage to win the Casino Battle Royale, earn his future AEW World Championship match, and he will face... Uh, the winner of the three-way match for the AEW World Championship that will go on later that night. It just makes sense. It just does. They they haven't brought in Christian Cage for nothing. They didn't bring Christian Cage in just to dance around and chill out and just be goofy. All right, they're bringing Christian Cage in to take on the winner of the AEW World Championship. No more, no less. This is very simple. All the other names are just there to be there, but in the end, Christian Cage is going to be the one. Winning that Casino Battle Royal with his hand raised and as the number future number one contender for the AEW World Championship. Special singles match with Cody Rhodes, the American Dream Cody Rhodes, taking on the debuting Anthony Agogo. 
Now, huh. now I did see in passing as I was reading one of the articles in the last segment that he possibly might be injured. So we can look that up real quick. Let me see here. I have to go to ringsidenews.com. Spare me. Ugh. Trash publication. Okay, so apparently it came out. There was some news on possibly a broken rib. Um, updating his status, he informed fans he is cleared. Rib ain't broken. He's good to go. And, uh, yeah, so he isn't really injured. He's good to go with that. He's 100%. And thank you, Ringside News, for that update I don't care about. Here's the funny thing. I'm going with Anthony Agogo to win this one. I am. I really am going with Anthony Agogo to some of your dismay. I think it just makes sense. Honestly, if we're going to put in Anthony Agogo as a future top talent in the company, what better way to make your mark in AEW than defeating the pretty much executive vice president to AEW? I like it. I think it just makes sense to me. Um, when the match was announced, I immediately thought in my head, there's no way in God's green earth Cody Rose is beating Anthony Agogo. 100%. I like, the, I like Anthony Agogo. I think his style is pretty good. We discussed him uh, once before on the podcast. So, we, you know, former boxing champion, um, former contender to a uh, top championship in boxing, uh, losing his title shot. Uh, unfortunately, had to retire from boxing due to injury. And surprisingly, was able to come back and make its way into the wrestling world. I couldn't think of a better way than to make your name than by defeating Cody Rhodes at double or nothing. I I think it just makes sense. I mean, yeah, Cody Rhodes could win, and it would just make sense, but I think we're trying to make names here. And Cody Rhodes, in my mind, is a made man in AEW. He's a made man. He's an executive, so it just makes sense. I think he wants to get the rub to Anthony Agogo. It just makes sense to me. I'm going with a go-go to win this uh, and him to make his name and build off that going into the remainder of 2021. Hmm. The AEW Women's World Championship will be on the line. Hikaru Shida versus Dr. Britt Baker, D.M. D. Now, Hikaru Shida has held this belt for over a year now. During a pandemic, has been holding it down to the best of her ability, defending the belt as much as she could. Okay. Britt Baker going through battles with Thunder Rosa. I still have to actually go back and watch that match. Sue me. Okay. But this is so, so simple. This is literally as simple as 1 plus 1 equals 2, y'all. We're getting a new women's champion. The storyline must be completed. Britt Baker has to win this. Sheeta has held on to the championship for over a year and has done her best to put the AEW women's division on the map and on her back. She's faced the who's who in the division. And I think that this new evolution of the women's division going forward with names like, of course, Nyla Rose, Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, Penelope Ford, Anna Jay, 
Of course, take care of your injury, girl. We will hope to see you back very soon. It's Britt Baker's time, y'all. It is her time to take the women's division and put it on her back. It just makes sense. I can't, I've can't. i been wanting her to see have that championship around the waist for a long while now. And the way they've been really ramping her up in her character and all that with everything she's gone through, I think it's time. It's time to... It's time to switch the throne up. It's time to see Britt Baker with the belt. Sheeta has had a, what I thought has been a a very solid reign as AEW Women's Champion, but you've held the title for over a year. If not Britt Baker, then who? The only other person I can think of is Jade Cargill. As the only other person I could believe in my heart of hearts, that would beat Sheeta for the championship right now. And I think... For Jane Cargill, it's still taking a little bit of time for have her develop. So right now, for the time being, I say give Britt Baker the championship. It's time. It's time for Britt Baker to become the women's champion, put the division on her back, and let her have her run. If not now, then when? Finally, the three-way matchup for the AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega, Kenny Three Belts, versus Orange Cassidy, versus Pac. Now, a lot of y'all, I've noticed, and by maybe you, maybe the listener, who knows. I've noticed that I'm sure some of y'all would want to see Pac win this championship. Okay? 100%, I would love to see it. Excuse me. As I, uh, I'm going to exit out of this one because I'm pretty much in the last match of this whole thing. As I close my laptop and place the phone on top of the laptop to ensure that I have done, fulfilled my obligations for the day. Orange Cassidy is simply there to take the pin. No more, no less. That's it. Okay? No, that, That's pretty much how the game goes with this one. Orange Cassidy is there. The, man, the question of the hour is, who's pinning Orange Cassidy to become either the new AEW World Champion or retain? The AEW World Championship. It's going to be Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has to retain this. Orange Cassidy is simply there to take that pin. And Pac is simply there to to make this a banger of a matchup. I have no doubt in my mind Pac could be possibly the next AEW World Champion. I have a long fantasy booking in my mind, all right? I'm kind of playing it out in my head of what I would book it as going forward, of who I think would be future world champions in AEW. Pac is one of them, okay? So I'm keeping Pac in mind for this. As long as Pac doesn't get pinned or submitted, it makes sense to keep Pac in the mix for the AEW World Championship because now Pac has set his sights on Omega to get that AEW World title. I have an idea of when he could do it, but I don't, I can't think into the future in terms of AEW. I have an idea of when. I won't, I'll keep that one to myself for now, but I think you may have an idea of when it could happen. Christian Cage, Kenny Omega is the matchup that's going to be next for All Out. They're going to do this for All Out, 100%. I have no doubt in my mind Omega versus Cage is just simply going to be that match for All Out, okay? It just makes sense to me. It does. It, it really does. And Omega retaining just makes sense. 
Um, it does. As much as I, as much as people want to see a new champion, it ain't time yet. It ain't time for Omega to drop that title. And he's going to be having a one hell of a summer, mind you. Of course, he's got double or nothing on Sunday. He's got his mega championship title defense against Andrade in July. And possibly leading to a possible matchup against Christian Cage for the AEW World Championship at AEW All Out in September. I think that just makes sense to me. Kenny Omega has to retain the AEW World Championship. If nothing else, this is the only match I want to get right. Kenny Omega retains. Nothing more, nothing less. I expect this to be a solid matchup. I expect this to be a fun matchup. In the end, though, Kenny pins Orange Cassidy and retains the AEW World Championship. And ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude episode 307 of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, we're closing out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 308 of the YLP Podcast. Be right back. That's going to do it for episode 307 of the YLP Podcast. As always, y'all, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. And before I even get into my spiel, I want to thank you guys so, so much um, for getting the podcast to 10,000 plays. Give yourselves a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, means a lot, big time. Uh, almost three years in the podcast game, 10,000 plays is a big number that I wasn't even thinking about making. Um, I want to thank you guys a lot for, you know, taking time out of your day, night, afternoon, your evening to check out this episode, any episode of the podcast that you may have listened to, whether you've been a day one or if you're just coming into the fold. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate all of y'all for your continued love and support. And uh, of course, shout out to WrestleMania Radio um, for bringing me into the fold as well. They've been part of the squadron. I've been part of their squadron now for over a year. And I think ever since then, I've really, uh, the numbers have really ramped up and I'm really thankful for getting to this point. 10,000 plays is nothing to, is, you know, is a big number for me. It's nothing to sneeze at. And uh, I am just quite happy with every hour everything has been going. Um, Shouts out to the entire WrestleMania Radio family. Uh, King Ricky, uh, Cat, Agent K. Murphy, uh, Will Terra Shook, Mr. Fretz, uh, Mance. Thank you guys so much. I love y'all. This, this is just as big for y'all as it is for me. And, uh, you know, we doing things. 10K plays is no, is no laughing matter. It is a big deal. Um, and I want to thank you guys so much again uh, for continuing to support. Let's get, let's get to 20. Let's not, let's, let's not dilly-dally. Let's get it up to 20. Alright? Tell a friend, tell a friend, alright? But let me get back into my spiel. Make sure to check out this episode of the podcast, of course, on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com anchor.fm slash Radio, anchor.fm slash Radio. You want to leave a comment, opinion, questions, anything of the matter, make sure to hit me up with an email over at youngwinesrespective at gmail.com. 
or you can leave a voice message this course and bring us back as solutions on Anchor, on Young Lions Perspective, and Wrestling Radio. All that good stuff. If you want to find me on my social media, you can find me through Twitter at YL Perspective. I do live to more. NXT every Tuesday, AEW Dynamite every Wednesday, SmackDown Live every Friday, unless I have a prior engagement to attend to. I will let you guys know prior to this week's episode, and my apologies for not doing live tweeting as of late. I've just been, you know, doing my thing. And then if you like that sometimes, you know, sometimes I have to step away from live tweeting for a while. It be what it be. So if you guys don't massacre for me, massacre it on, you know, on my account, but, you know, sometimes it be like that. So I will get back into it to the swing of things, all that good stuff in due time. Of course, if you want to find me over on Instagram, I can be found over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Send your boys some memes. Memes. I live for memes. As weird as it sounds, I love the memes and I love pro wrestling memes. So if you have any pro wrestling memes you want to send my way, do not hesitate to do so. Okay. All that good stuff over there. Updates, 60 second thought videos, all that stuff over there. You know, good things all on that side of that. If you want to find me over on Facebook, I can be found over there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. We have over 100 followers over there. Close. We're trying to, I'm trying to get to 120. Let your peoples know. Find that page. Search for it. Find it. Like the page. Share the page. Make damn sure that you follow the page. All that good stuff. Find me on all these platforms. Stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course. If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend and tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the alt text, parlor, gab. Uh, send it through the alt tech messaging apps, WhatsApp, Signal, Voxer, um, Telegram, all that. Spread the word. Everything. Everything. Send it through a text message. DM your friends if you must. Send it through Facebook Messenger. All you have to do is one little share and it gets the word out there because in these times that we're now reopening and getting things back into normal and doing all this stuff, it is vital, especially for us at Russell Addict Radio, to begin get, get that word spread out. You know, you're going to be doing things. You're going to be heading out about for the summer. Summer's about to start. Uh, unofficially, it started in Jersey. Why not let's be listening to Wrestle Addict Radio during your road trips, your flights, and all that good stuff in between? Because with the YLB Podcast, the Kings and the Rings Podcast, the Fretzelmania Podcast, and don't you dare forget the Delight Show with Manch Chapel, we here at Wrestle Addict Radio strive to bring you the very best, top-notch quality entertainment for your listening pleasure. Because um, we are that A1, that steak sauce, that A5, like Wagyu, the cream of the crop, the best of the best. All that good stuff in between. Then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts. And that we are here to stood. And, of course, I know most of y'all do not have the anchor up. And that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. I'm not mad in the slightest. Because everybody has their favorite podcast and app that they listen to. But if you're thinking for one damn second that we are all about AmbiguousPodcastLose.com and Anchor, sadly, you are mistaken. You lose, we win, us one, you zip, ha ha ha, we laugh. Because you can find the entire family of Wrestle Addict Radio podcasts across several different platforms, including Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and don't for, don't think for one second I even forgot 
about the Pod Bean Gang. Shout out to the Pod Bean Gang as always. Castbox FM, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! Search for the entire family of the Wrestle Addict Radio Squadron, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. Leave a comment, leave a top rating for our shows. That helps that helps us get the word out there for sure and lets people know about the Wrestle Addict Radio name because we are trying to make this a big effing deal. You feel me? I'm going to go look over to the judges to ensure I have fulfilled my obligations for this week. And this week, we're actually going to go to the country of Brazil. Obrigado, as always. And I believe I'm getting the thumbs up. So as y'all know, episode 308 will be going down next Saturday. We are now going to be in the month of June. And of course, that means we are going to be kicking off Pride Month. Now, um, I got hopefully with my family. Um, one of my cousins is actually a lesbian. One of my uh, cousins is actually gay. Um, our own Kay Murphy is non-binary. All right, we are diverse in this group. All right, you feel me? Um, so it's gonna be Pride Month throughout the entire month of June. We'll be doing some big things uh, for you guys, including the Trevor Project. As you know, we did it last year and we had a very solid result, and we will be doing it again. Uh, this year we'll be supporting the, you know, the Trevor project in, uh, big time. Um, so we'll be giving you all the details of what we will be doing with that throughout the entire month, throughout the entire cast of Wrestle Addict Radio programming. So keep your eyes and ears on that. Feel me? Okay. Let's get this started. And of course, all of the news that's fit for me to talk about. Y'all know how that goes down and we're going to talk about some fun things. Hopefully we'll see how everything goes with the wig. Of course, if you have any news, Hit me up, email me, DM me, all that stuff. Send me news. I want to know what news you're looking at. And if I think that's going to be good on the programming, I will shout you out before the article begins. And I will talk about your article that you chose for me to talk about on next week's program. So keep that in mind when you're looking through the news. And if you you see something you like, DM me, email me, all that stuff. I will check it out. Okay. So we got all that squared away for next week. But before I go, as y'all know, it is Memorial Day weekend. I know most of y'all, and especially us millennials, um, you know, they equate Memorial Day weekend to parties, especially now with everything open, reopening in the country, parties, uh, get-togethers, barbecues, all that good stuff. But you got to remember what Memorial Day is really actually about. Memorial Day is literally remembering those who have fallen in our military um, in previous wars and, you know, ex- you know, excursions. Um, overseas is with, with those defending our country. Uh, they live two lives, the lives that they live and then the lives that they actually sacrifice for us to have the God-given rights that we actually have under the Constitution. Um, I, as I have said from the beginning, I am the son of airmen. My mother and father were airmen in the United States Air Force. Um, on my mom's side, pretty much all of my uncles and uh, my aunt, may she rest in peace, um, were members of the Army. Okay, I have uh, my homeboy Warren was a member of the military. My friend Jesse I believe Warren, if I'm not mistaken, was a Marine. And my friend Jesse, very good friend of mine, um, he was actually served in the Navy. So uh, one of the guys I used to work with at the golf course, he was also a former Marine. And I've known guys that actually I work with, the old heads, uh, that served in the military as well. And I really respect the military as a whole. And I show uh, respect to those who have served us. And make sure if you do, um, if you do work with a veteran or you see anyone who has like a Korea War veteran or anything like that of the matter, Go up to them, 
and just say thank you for your service. I think they'll appreciate that more than anything in this world. Um, because we have a lot of veterans out there that are really, in my mind, being underappreciated. And um, there's a lot of stuff out there you can do. You can actually volunteer for uh, for causes for veterans. Um, you can actually support uh, veterans, donate, all that good stuff. Because I don't think they get uh, respected enough. Um, thank a veteran. Shake their hand. Shout out to Warren and Jesse for your service, man. You know, shout out to my mother, my father, my uncles, and my aunt for serving our country. My grandfather served as a member of the army, okay? And so this day, this weekend, yeah, it's going to be for parties and drinking and meeting up with friends and turning up and twerking on tables in the club and whatnot or whatever it is y'all do nowadays. I don't really be out like that anymore. I'm 33. I feel old. But, you know, keep in mind of what this day is actually for, you know. Yes, it's on a Monday, and I know most of the government uh, workers will be off that day, but keep in mind what Memorial Day actually means. If you don't Google it, it's a, it's a two-second Google search. Um, really remember what this day is for, all right? And um, that's what Memorial Day really is to me. Like, yes, I'll be working that day, and that's perfectly fine, but I'll keep it in the back of my mind of those who have served our country and those who have sacrificed um their lives for this country in order to have for us to actually enjoy the freedoms we actually have um to be able to go out and you know visit friends and have the barbecues and have the get-togethers and have those time with friends and family you know never forget that never forget what memorial day actually means if you don't that's good if you keep that in mind that's great but uh, you know if you know someone that served in the military you know thank them you know thank you for your service um if you have family that served in the military and actually lost their lives in Afghanistan and Iraq um, in World War One or two or anything of the matter, thank, thank them very much for their service. Because that means, I, will, I guarantee you, you know, when you see someone, you know, that has like a, a Korean War hat or, you know, anything of the matter, World War Two veterans, I see those guys all the time. And I try my best to actually thank them, you know, because that's disrespect to the military and all that. So, yes, we will enjoy our freedoms properly with a wonderful weekend of get-togethers and barbecues and all that. But just keep in mind what Memorial Day really means to all of us. Because without the people that have sacrificed for us, we would not have the ability to be able to actually enjoy those get-togethers and barbecues. All right? So keep that in mind. Other than that, I'm getting the hell out of here because I got things to do and uh, things to eat because I am quite hungry. Enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend in proper YLP fashion. If you are going to be out and about gallivanting your ass off, please do make sure you take that Uber or Lyft home because you don't need that DUI. That's five figures that will be gone from your pocket. Promise you on that. Enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. Do it responsibly. Drink one for me. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll see you guys right back here. Next Saturday for episode 308 of the YLP Podcast. See you. Happy Memorial Day. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.